0: first tenant of system thinking is not about optimizing the parts. It's about the interaction of the
1: parts. Hey friends, it's Steve. Want to know how a $5 book lands a $5,000 client? I've recorded a 15 minute video showing you our magnetic author method. It's up now at magneticauthor.co slash video. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host Steve Gordon, and we got a fantastic interview for you today. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about sales, and if you're at a point where your sales aren't where they want to be, if you've been around uh, for a bit and things have stalled, uh, this is the interview for you. I'm talking with Dan Rogers of Sales Sidekick, and Dan says, you know, the in a world where the most effective way to get ahead is where everybody wants to be a superhero. He says, you want to go and be an intentional sidekick. And uh, he wants to kind of tell us today how how that experience has been uh, helpful for him. He's a uh, founder of Point-to-Point Transportation. They are an Inc. 5000 participant uh, for seven years in a row and really has got a heck of a story around how they have uh, taken a very different approach to sales. And uh, when the pandemic hit last year, they took this out to other companies to try and uh, help other companies. And we're going to get into that and talk all about uh, what he's doing with Sales Sidekick. Uh, Dan, great to have you. And uh, I'm excited for the conversation. I'd love for you to to give us just a, a little bit beyond the bio. I know there's a probably a big story for how you got to to the stage with this new company.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having us, Steve. We're excited to be here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, my, my story is, is that, uh, I've just managed to sort of survive my mistakes and, uh, we've sort of been able to outrun them or made a, a few good decisions, uh, amongst a bunch of, uh, ones that we would do differently with, uh, with a redo, but, um, yeah, no, as you mentioned, um, sales sidekick is a little bit of a COVID baby, you know, uh, uh, point-to-point transportation is a corporate event shipping company. So pre-pandemic uh, in 2019, we did about 10,000 events on five continents. So um, that was, you know, uh, that's what we did. And obviously um, the corporate event business was one of many that was severely impacted. And, you know, as of August, uh, 2021, we're still waiting for the business to come back. So it's been since February, 2020. So we we, we had some time on our hands. So uh, yeah, we, we decided to get to work.
1: Well, you know, so in our conversations prior to today, you really shared that you've got this very unique approach uh, to it, how you handled sales in point to point. And you started to kind of extract that out of that company, that process. And you've been teaching it to other companies with a lot of success. Give us kind of like the, the 10,000 foot view of, of your different approach to selling.
0: Yeah, so I, I think what the difference is is that we just don't move off of the basics. Um, I think the basics are, is that success in any market, you know, in any community, is you have to contribute more than you take out. And I think every individual performer, in every walk of life, that's what they've done. You know, if they've if they're if they're honorable and ethical, you know, that's what they've done. And I, I think when you look at individual great salespeople, that's usually their story is they've they've got some way that they make this massive contribution. I think where maybe folks get a little confused is we get a group of people together and we call it a corporation, and we don't really sort of and from my and I'm a big capitalist and big pro business guy, like I'm I'm a fan of all of it. But the business itself should contribute exponentially more than it takes out, and I think that's where we've sort of fallen down a little bit individually folks might be doing it but you know you take some of these really large companies and that's it's a big ass to say that they're going to give more to the market they serve than they're going to take out so we just never get off the basics we, we we stay focused on making sure our contribution exceeds what we look to take out of the market
1: so let's let's make that idea tangible a little bit how how did that play out for you in point to point as you were executing on this, you know, through all those 10,000 a year events?
0: Yeah. So um, on a sort of granular level on just like one customer, sort of one event type of experience. So we we developed systems over the years where we could contribute fairly significant value by just managing stuff that they thought was unmanageable or stuff that wasn't unmanageable at the time. So at a large corporate event, when a single corporation is hosting it, they'll have, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people shipping stuff to that event. That was all done sort of independently. And sometimes it was done well. Sometimes it was just done, you know, conveniently. We've got systems in place where all that gets managed properly. And what the outcome is, is massive savings for the the sponsoring company itself. And that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg. There's all these things that that happen then after we get an entrepreneur site and everything else. But that's, it's a great example of, it was, uh, was something that was happening was sort of unmanaged, uncoordinated. It was accepted. I I think that's most people accept that, you know, all these employees are just going to do the right thing. And again, they weren't doing awful things, but they weren't necessarily leveraging each other and that's what we were doing.
1: So, I mean, it sounds like you just sort of went looking for the biggest, hairiest, problem that your your customers or clients had and that ne- wasn't necessarily maybe it was within your scope maybe it wasn't but you just went looking for it
0: yeah so one one of the things that i did intentionally from the beginning is once i got involved in sales um i was selling uh, transportation and uh what i was qualified to do was household moving because that's what i had done i had literally driven the truck and packed up the carried the couch um, but I, I didn't, I didn't want to sell that. I wanted to sell something which was much harder to do. And so I went after all of the work that was very difficult. And it was either big and very fragile or just hard or super bad timelines or whatever. So I went the opposite direction. I mean, shipping and distribution is actually pretty straightforward. You know, it's like trains in the basement, like it's in a closed system. It runs very, very well. So I went the opposite direction of all the things that went well. So we we chased just really hard work on really bad timelines, you know, timelines that are difficult to hit. That got us to the event business eventually, and then what we did is we just looked inside of there for other uh, opportunities that that just weren't um, being optimized.
1: So, how, how do you take this approach now to the companies that you've been working with over the last year and a half, um, and and you're helping them use it as a way to to increase sales and increase revenue?
0: Yeah, so the the first thing is, is we we do uh, sort of an internal 360 with them to try to figure out what at least their secret sauce was. Um, Sometimes it's not around anymore. Sometimes it's not relevant anymore, but okay, what made you great, right? Um, And then it's taking a look at the market that they serve and what are sort of the mindsets and the worldviews inside of that. And um, it's just my sort of fundamental belief that things are not organized well you can call it the second law of thermodynamics or whatever, but like things don't line up automatically. And so markets are set up just cause that's the way they've been set up. So when we take an outsider's approach and look at it, there's usually opportunities there when you have, you know, the, the folks that we're working with are world-class people. They had businesses that were doing quite well at some point, and then their, their sales stalled. They're brilliant people. They're, they're great technicians. They understand they, they bring great um, value to the marketplace. With that insight, when you overlay that with over a market, it's it's there's usually great opportunities similar to what we saw in the corporate event space, where there's just opportunities to create massive value.
1: So it's really about reimagining the marketplace that you're in. I mean, that, it, you start there.
0: Yeah, and and the big thing is is to really, um, it's a it's a little bit of a hack. Is is if we go up a couple magnitudes of scale um, and look to serve at that level, you can almost always solve the problems at your current level. And so a big part of what we're doing with the clients that we work with is we're, we're asking them to look at a much bigger picture than they looked before. And um, it's, it's not uncommon for us to talk to somebody who these are good people. they're They're not bad people. They're honorable business people. And we ask them a couple of questions about the people that send money and they don't know how to answer the questions. They have absolutely no idea. Right. And, and, and if you don't know the answers to that question, that's very difficult to create value for, right? You can only really sort of be an order taker. So it's understanding, you know, not only the people that you serve, but the companies that they work for and then the larger marketplace. And, and uh, I, I think that's, it's, it's a little bit more transformational than transactional.
1: Well, what I like about the approach, you know, we started this off saying we're gonna talk about sales and we haven't yet talked about a sales tactic or strategy. Really what you're talking about is reinventing the business so that the sales almost happen automatically because the thing that you're solving is, is so painful for them and they never believed that it was possible to have it solved that all of a sudden you don't have to go sell anybody anything because they it, the reason they want it is self-evident. Is that kind of the, the approach? Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm confused
0: with the sales guy because I have a zippy personality and sometimes people think of me as <laughs> a sales guy, but but I am truly a systems guy and anyone that's talked to me for like longer than five minutes has figured that out for sure. But but um yeah, no, the the part that when COVID happened, I started talking to other business owners, I thought there was really cool things about our business. And and some of them weren't bad, but the thing that got people's attention was they were like, How did you get on the Inc. 5000 seven years in a row? How did you add a customer a week, which is a whole new company, not just a coworker, but like a whole new corporation for six and a half years, a customer a week for six and a half years without salespeople. And I said, well, we created value in a way that people crossed the room and said, we want to be your customer. And what we did is we created value for our clients at a level. That's, that's what we really focused on running the business and designing the business or the system, if you prefer, was to really create massive value for those clients. And then we had this churn of customers, about 400 corporations, that not we didn't, we loved them, right? But we didn't really care if they came or went, right? It's like, hey, if you want to do, if you want us to serve you at that level, we can do that with little or no lift. But the company that we're really trying to design and build and be world-class at is for these select group of clients that really want us to do this great work for them. So a lot of folks, the overwhelming majority of the marketplace just saw us as a shipping company. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. We'd love to be your shipping company as long as you're going to ship it to a corporate event. Then there was other folks that said, hey, you can do all these other great things for us around sort of event operations. And those folks got a whole different experience. And that was really who we ran the company for. But the outcome of doing great work for the clients is that people want to be customers without salespeople. They say, how do we get to be your customer? Can you do for, can you do for me what you're doing for them? And they think we just ship the stuff around. And then as we get to know them, they're like, oh, there's more here. There's a lot more here.
1: Yeah. Well, and that really kind of cuts against what everybody seems to be looking for right now, it's like you could pull pull up YouTube and type in sales and you're going to get, you know, the, the 10 sales hacks you need to use in 2021 to crush it or some nonsense like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about playing a whole different level of the game. And uh, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And this is not necessarily for new entrepreneurs. This is for people who have been in business, who understand a problem that they're solving, who are in touch with their clients. And really, you're talking about now have, having the ability to take that chassis and really, really elevate it to a much greater level. Um going back to thinking back to my first business, um, we had this this phrase we would use with our clients. Um, you know, we said we we just want to get our hooks in. and you know how like an eagle will swoop down and get its hooks into its prey. and the more the the prey moves and squirms, the tighter and tighter and tighter it gets. And that sounds really sinister and evil. We didn't really mean it that way. What we meant was the the more that we interacted with them and they, you know interacted with us and we got to see how they were moving the tighter our grip would kind of get because we kept solving more and more and more problems. And you're kind of talking about that same sort of thinking. I th- I think anyway,
0: mm-hmm. no, there's, there's no question. I mean, I, a, a story that I've told um, a bunch of times, it, it's uh we had a client that asked me to go f- fix something. They asked us to fix something and I want to get too, too granular on the story, but, but there was an agency involved and the agency was great. The the, the, the agency was world-renowned had you know, th- hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of art on their wall. So they were like a legit business, right? But they had just, they were having a really hard time with literally the physical delivery of this sort of uh, engagement, um, pretty significant rollout across the United States. And so they said, hey, Dan, go fix it. And, and so I met with them and they gave me the tour and we sat down, we sort of found out what they were trying to do as an agency and all the different People they had there, and who did what, and all this other stuff. And so I said, "Oh, great! Now, let's talk about this actual program that that we're supposed to be talking about." So tell me what you're doing. And they were doing it sort of the right way, but but it was obvious they didn't know how to manage the elephant shipping company they were working with properly to get the results they needed. They were trying to treat you know the elephant like a field mouse, and the <laughs> elephant was reacting like an elephant. And so I offered to, to coach their people that were in front of that, that large, that other large shipping company. And, and, uh, and I said, you know, we've got email templates and, you know, we can, this is really, there's a better way to make them look, (laughs) to look, if you want them to look like a field mouse, there's a way to do that. And so at the end of the meeting, these two people I'm meeting with were looking at me like I was crazy. And one guy's like, he's like, what's in it for you? And I said, look, all I wanted to do was for you to trust me like at the end of this meeting, if you trust me, I've won, right? They asked me to come fix it. They didn't ask me to come take it away or slap you about the head and shoulders. This is the right way to do this. And the way to fix it is just to inform you how you can be better at the work you're trying to do. They were never going to be, that agency is a phenomenal agency. They were never going to be our customer. They had people in their operations department that look a lot like the people in our operation departments doing a lot of things our operations department does so they're not they're you know they're not competitors like we there's way way more business than there are companies right people mm-hmm. focus on competition it's silly right to serve the customer make some friends you know and and so I felt like the, the the best thing that we could do there was just make sure that they were successful there was a reason why they were hired right? And, and it was just, uh, there was no, I didn't think there was any opportunity for point to point there um, other than to make a friend and, and to get some credibility. And that was the way we did it. And, and I think that's the, the right way a quote unquote salesperson is supposed to act every day of the week. And I think successful salespeople, that's how they look at it. It's when you get a group of salespeople together, or maybe a sales manager or VP of sales or whatever, it just gets lost somewhere along the way. Like the systems aren't designed properly that that can happen. Right. So,
1: so I know you've you've been working on a framework to help kind of communicate this to to the businesses you're working with. Do you think that's appropriate to kind of walk people through here? Can you give us a high level of of the framework, or or uh, what's the best way for people to begin unpacking this and begin applying it? Well, so I, I think the the first thing that I would say is like the the
0: flywheel that we think is out there is you first have to decide if you want to be the superhero or the sidekick. And I look, both seats pay well, and one isn't better than the other. I just got nothing for superheroes other than I'd love to do your work. <laughs> like, I don't know how to be a superhero. There's uh, my, my, my number two is when we, when point to point has to be the customer, there's another woman who does that phenomenally. She's run our business for a long time. I don't know how to be a customer. I know how to be a sidekick. So I'm, I'm not against superheroes. I think they're, Valuable and necessary. I just don't know how to do that. So if, if you're done being a superhero and you want to be a sidekick, then I think there's something there. Then what I would say is focus on building community by learning with the people you want to serve and first just learn about them. Maybe just as a person, (laughs) you know, I mean, like what, you know, just treat them like a person when all else fails, just tell them exactly what you're thinking. Hey, I'd like to serve you better. I I realize I don't really know anything about you. I don't know anything about what happens before you work with us or after you work with us, what your other parts of your job are, what, what, you know, what would impress your boss, like whatever, but let's learn together. We learn a little bit about them. There's probably some things that we need to learn so we can serve them better. Maybe there's things that if they knew that, you know, that we could help educate them, right? And then if we've done that, then there's an opportunity to start aligning the systems to create more valuable byproducts. And that's, that's really ultimately the flywheel that we're going for is first, we make a decision that we don't want to be a superhero anymore. Then we're going to go out and, and, and learn and serve with the people. And then from that, there should be real opportunities to, to, to realign the systems. And we'll know we're doing it properly when, when the byproducts become more valuable. Like that's, that's, that's sort of the test.
1: Okay. So that's, that's kind of the the starting point is to kind of make that shift in your thinking. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as you begin to operationalize that uh, with, you know, when you're working with a company, what are what the steps look like to get there?
0: So the, the first thing that we'll do is um, first, they got to sign up to see if they're crazy enough to do it, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I, I mean, I, I told the first, the f- first partners that I worked with, the two, two guys, business partners, I kept talking about culture and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a like culture. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not like Mr. Culture guy or anything like that. And, uh, but I didn't realize until afterwards why I kept stressing it so much because I realized intuitively that this was going to be a really significant culture change. And so, like, I totally took it for granted because it was just baked into our DNA and, and point to point. So, I, I think when you decide that you want to be a sidekick, like, what that means is you tell your operations department, your get out of jail card is you're servicing the order. Like no one there isn't a single there's never been a person at point to point other than myself that's been responsible for profitability. like you you can't you can't you can't have sidekicks if they're worried about profitability. You can't serve people, right? So that's there's a whole level of craziness that you've got to be. And I was at the place where I was just so frustrated with my job that this was more appealing to me. So I think that's sort of the first thing is really, are you willing? to go down that road, right? But then if you are, then then there's a framework that we put together and I, I haven't made anything up. I've got some restraints that I live by and one of them is copy off of smartest kid in class. And so, but by looking at sort of the fundamental truths that we know and then actually mapping them out and writing them down and see if we're in alignment, we find out, oh my gosh, the marketplace is in alignment. Like we go over this with clients that we're working with now. <laughs> and first they get mad because they're like, our customers don't feel that way. And like, Oh yeah, they do. Right. You know? And well, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, we're not, they're not bad people. We're just all moving super fast and no one has really stopped to drop back and look at this stuff at a higher level and say, Hey, is this an alignment? Are we actually, you know, are we actually doing what we say we want to do? Right. So.
1: Yeah. I, I just see this approach as being, we use, you use the word transformational. I mean, it, it, it allows you to look at the marketplace. And, and right now everybody's gone through the last 18 months. I mean, if I hear the word pivot again, right? You had to do it, we did it, everybody's done it. But I, I think transformational is kind of a better word, a better approach. We've had to start, everybody in the across the business landscape has had to look at what are we doing? The rules are somewhat now altered. And how do we go back and re engage and add value? And can we do it at a higher level and actually, you know, because we're doing it at a higher level, make more money as a result Mm -hmm. of creating more value? Um, I I think there's probably no more important time than now, you know, over if you look back over the last hundred years to be thinking this way. Uh, You know, the opportunities
0: are huge. Well, the the benefit that I had, and this is not false humility, this is just straight juice, but um, I'm five foot seven and bald and I was a shipping guy. So like, like I couldn't, the second that I took myself too seriously, the market corrected me. And that was a blessing because here's what I'm, this is the one, there's a couple of things I learned through COVID. Like one, if you're a business owner and you've never done a forecast with zero revenue, you should do it. You should do it. Your business looks totally different at zero with no ability to create revenue without a new marketplace. Just do it. It's a fun exercise. Your teeth might fall out, but it's it, it'll be <laughs> like, wow. like, yeah, it's a different exercise. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is there are no special snowflakes. Like I, I'm still calling them businesses. Cause if I call them systems, people won't know what I'm talking about, but I, I think I've thought about my business for a long time as a system. And I think they're better. It's, it's a more useful metaphor to use than business business. It comes with all these silly rules, most of which we've gotten wrong. Systems comes with a different set of rules, which work perfectly because that's what runs the universe, right? So, when I say there are no special snowflakes, the blessing that I had was the second I took myself too seriously, they said, "Dan, that's too expensive." And look, no one even stands in line for iPhones anymore. So, most of your listeners, I hope, are in cooler businesses than uh, than shipping, but they're not as cool as iPhones. They're not as cool as Apple, right? I don't think. No offense. So. Anywhere on that spectrum, sooner or later, you're going to have to just create value. And it's just better to sign up for the boat cruise that what we're going to do is we're going to just get on the path of creating value for the sake of creating it, for the sake of serving the community. And we'll figure about monetizing it later than, than, than the other way around. And that's, A, it's a heck of a lot more fun. And the business and the market will tell you where it is that we're supposed to go, as opposed to like calling the shot ahead of time it's, you know, get in front of them. And it's, it's literally what happened to me. I mean, I call sales sidekick a COVID baby. I wanted to serve the event community and it was, they were polite about it, but it was incredibly humbling. They basically said, Hey, we got nothing for you. You can't help us. And so I had to talk to my other network. My other network was business owners and business owners was like, you know, I I thought I could help them. And then they told me how I could help them, which was, Hey, this way you talk about sales and marketing is different. Um, so I I mean I think that's the game that we're all in is how can mm-hmm. you go be uniquely useful to the marketplace?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I would love to go back to this comment you made about the fact that you think about businesses as systems. Yeah. Can we explore that a little bit and explain what you, really what you mean by that?
0: Yeah. So um anyone can Google systems thinking or whatever and 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 geek out on that. But um, so I won't I won't give that whole that that whole backstory, but folks can research that for themselves. But what I would say is is it's more useful for me, at least to think of a business as a system. And then it's essentially um, a system with three subsystems to it. But, and so in chronological order, I would say the first one is, is marketing and sales. We, we, gotta, we gotta do that. And then the second one is is production and delivery. And then the last one is admin and finance, right? So those are sort of the three, and we can get way more complicated if we want, but I think those are sort of the three basic ones that you can't get around. And they're distinct enough that I think they all deserve their own sort of, um, their own own due. So for me, if that's what a system, what a a business is, and that's how I want to look at it as a system, then I would say, well, let's first figure out if we're viable. Are we a viable system or not? And how I would do that is I would look at each one of those subsystems so let's look at our sales and marketing on a scale of one to 10 based on the folks that we run around with, right? You know, competitors, competition, um, our other customer, our, our customers, the other folks that sort of look and sound like us, how do we rate ourselves on a scale of one to 10? And we do that for the other two subsystems. If you can get to 24, I don't care how you get to 24 on a scale of one to 10. So, you know, you get perfect score be 30, right? Um, if you can get to 24, I'd say you're viable. And the folks that we're working with, the folks that talk to us at Sales Sidekick are at 24, (laughs) but they're eight or lower on that first one on on Mm -hmm. the sales and marketing. Because if I've grown businesses to 20 million, if you want to get past the one to 5 million mark, you have to eventually figure out sales because that's what's Mm going to grow it. You can be world-class and get away you can get away with not having sales and marketing for a while, but sooner or later, that's going to have to be a nine or a 10, whether you like it or not. And you can go, there's other ways to do it. You can do it the traditional sales route and, and, and you can go find out what the 10 hacks are uh, in for 2021. As you mentioned earlier, Steve on YouTube uh, and, and hate your job and, and annoy a bunch of people, or you can try it one of the way. I mean, there's more than one way to do it. The way we would offer would be a way that's a lot more fun and can feel better about yourself.
1: Well, I, Set, setting aside the fact that you'll feel better about yourself and it's more fun, I would argue that it's more effective because really what you're you're doing is you're you're putting yourself in a position to allow your customers or your future customers to tell you what to sell them and mm-hmm. that, there's a lot less risk in that and um, and honestly it's a lot easier because when they tell you hey, this is a huge problem i really wish we could find a way to solve it and then when you come back and say you know when you told me that this was a big problem well i solved it do you want it mm-hmm. go, yeah of course i do you know yeah so to me, or, it's me or when
0: you or when you see you see white noise a little bit of white noise in every single place that you go right mm-hmm. like that's another easy little fix yeah, yeah. No, and i i think the other thing that folks get confused and it's 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 um it's why i also think it's effective to think of a business as a system so systems thinking like the tenant the first tenet of system thinking is not about optimizing the parts it's about the interaction of the parts and so there's wonderful tech out there and you know there's been years in our past at point to point where we spent seven digits on tech, so I'm not opposed to tech. Like it, it, it's it's requirement. Some of our best clients are tech companies, so I'm a fan of tech. But if if you take a Ferrari carburetor and drop it in a 2007 Honda Odyssey, like it doesn't matter that it's a Ferrari carburetor, it's not even gonna run. And mm-hmm. so, folks are so concerned about bells and whistles of optimizing one task or one part. Of a subsystem without even worrying about the rest of it that it, it's it's pointless to do that and so when you start from the larger framework about how you're going to create value it's way easier to sort of reverse engineer back into that than it is to say okay well i can get a thousand leads right well it's like what <laughs> for what for to what end right mm-hmm. yeah so i i think it's just it's another example of where we're just not and from my perspective, I don't think it's the right way to look at it. People confuse efficiency and effectiveness. They're not even synonymous in my book, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like efficiency is cool, but effectiveness is, is way cooler. Like, you know, if you, if I only could do one or the other I'd way, I'd prefer to be effective than efficient. There's times when effic- efficiencies were,
1: yeah. I was gonna say efficiencies of, of no use unless you're effective first, yeah. and then you can be as efficient as you would like with that effectiveness, but Yeah. A lot of people get it reversed or they don't ever look at effectiveness.
0: Yeah. No, I I think, um, you know, one of the kids I've copied off of, uh, the most is this guy, Russell Ackoff and he's not the, he's not the only one that said it, but he's the first person that I heard say it. And, you know, if we do more things wrong, we just, (laughs) you just are more wrong. Right. (laughs) And so, so yeah, that's, that's a, it's another great example of, we can be super, super efficient and just get really,
1: really great at being bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good thing to do. So, nah. so where can folks connect with you? And and I know that that you've kind of got this framework. Uh, is there a place where they can go and kind of learn more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, no, I, I think sort of the 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 hub for us is just
0: on LinkedIn. So they can find uh, find me on Dan T Rogers uh, on LinkedIn. They can certainly look at salessidekick.com. dot um, It's a minimalist website for for sure. Uh, uh, but that's it'll give them it gives an idea. I'd love to have a conversation with anybody. Um, I reserve the right to learn more than they do in the conversation. Uh, we just want to be helpful. We're going to we'll eat a lot of our own dog food. Like we'll we'll definitely be helpful. There's we want to we want to serve the people that we can serve. And and um, it's we're not going to be the right fit for everybody. But I'd, I'd love to run these ideas by other people. And if they if they
1: fit for them, that's great. If not, it'll be good for us to go through
0: them again and see if we still think they're good ideas.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you've been very generous in all of our conversations i've learned a ton um and i can't uh, recommend enough people uh you know who are at that level where they're trying to reassess you know where do they fit in their market that, you know you would be the first call i think i would recommend they make so um so definitely uh get in touch with dan dan thanks for sharing your wisdom uh with us here today uh, i'm glad we were able to extend this out to the audience um you know i've had had a number of Pretty deep conversations around these topics and uh, nice to to share it with uh, some folks just beyond the two of us. Yeah, thanks again for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.